You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to an episode that we're going to do for you because we have so much to talk about. Welcome to an episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with Silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. How's it going this morning, my good sir? There should be more gaming going on. Uh, you know, I got to do more gaming. I get back more, into more gaming. More gaming. So uh, tentatively, we're going to yes. talk about our August gaming goals, I guess. Nice. I don't know. Because it is the beginning of August. Uh, first show of August. Really exciting. August 7th, uh, 2021. Um, we, you know, the virus is still running around. So conventions are kind of like up in the air. But there's a lot of convention talk. You know, sort of on, uh, sort of not yet off. Yeah, like but Gen maybe... Con's going to happen in September. PAX yeah. West is going to happen uh, the beginning of September. And uh, Gen Con, or uh, Goodman Games just came out with a, hey, we're looking for like a convention coordinator kind of person. And we were just yeah. talking that Magpie Games is doing the same thing. Yeah. And so like there's jobs for this. Those companies are, they want to ramp back up because uh, maybe you told me this, but I think a lot of those companies, the majority of their sales are conventions and specifically Gen Con. It's like, if we don't go to Gen Con, we just don't sell enough merch for the rest of the year kind of a thing. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense that they want this to come back, but like, what are your thoughts? I mean, is is convention life, it's not going to die, but also if you go to a convention and there's, you know, 70% less people because of safety guidelines, what kind of a convention is that? Where like- There's like nobody around, you know, and I've yeah. I've heard people going to Disneyland and they are also restricting access. And it's just like weird because it's like I can I can walk anywhere. I can you know, it's almost like a ghost town, but there's still other patrons. So, yeah, yeah. Like you said, I don't think it's dead forever. But I think if you'd asked what, you know, three weeks ago, a month ago, it felt like everything was back on track. Everybody was really excited to get outside again. Most states across the country were no longer lockdown rituals, no more mask mandates, anything. But it feels like some of that stuff starting to creep back in and it starts to feel like we're starting to move into what we moved into February, March, back when this whole thing started, when they start out with this little, well, let's not do this. Well, let's not gather in groups of 30. Well, let's make sure you're wearing masks inside. And all of a sudden it ramps up to full lockdown at some point, you know, so I don't know. I wonder if in another month, if does it get bad enough or is it not? You know, it's you never know because it's hard to get really good information, but people's fears are kind of in that, too. So some people are like, I don't want to go because I might get sick or I have somebody in my household that could be compromised in some way. Many of the people I know are vaccinated. So yeah. theoretically, you shouldn't be fearful. Well, right? I think if they you said, trust the vaccine, you shouldn't. Think, yeah. And I think they said that. Uh, 99% of the people who are in the hospital catching it are unvaccinated. There is that 1% where it like kind of didn't work for you or something, but I don't know. Right, right. right. Uh, You know, and yeah, whatever it is. But the people I'm hearing about that are afraid to go to places are people that are vaccinated, which I guess is most of the people I talk to are vaccinated people. So people that are maybe that's taking it. it But there's still, my wife is still kind of fearful about going places and I'm kind of like, are you sure you want to? I mean, I'm not telling you not to be, but I kind of trust the vaccine. So yeah. I'm willing to go wherever at this point. Yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> I have a, uh, I got a, a press badge for Gen Con 
And I also got a press badge for PAX West. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go to Gen Con because it's just so much of a longer flight for me. Uh, but I feel like Ted's going. Yeah, he's going. He's driving. Yeah, I think he's going. Yeah. Uh, but PAX West is a lot closer for me. And yeah. I have friends in Seattle that I haven't seen in a long time. And part of me wants to go. And, like, I'm all set to go. I just haven't booked a hotel yet. Um, but part of me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to. Like, what if uh, something happens in the next three weeks? And then all of a sudden, I think of poor AJ Pickett from our our friend from New Zealand, who was all gung ho to go to Gen Con 2020 and he bought a hotel and all this other stuff. And then when it got shut down, they wouldn't refund any of his money. And he was out so much money because the hotels was just like, uh, sorry, we don't want to lose that money. And like, it was just a big kerfuffle. And so I don't know. That sucks because I think my hotel did refund me. But that sucks that it happened to him that way. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. I really want to go to PAX West, and uh, I haven't been in a long, long time, and it would be fun to see some people. But at the same time, maybe it's safer to stay home. But, like, we've been, like, we've, it's been almost two years now, you know? And it's, like... Well, how much safer could you get? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, like I, that's the I, whole I thing. Miss, how much safer? I, I miss conventions a lot. And I have, I have more fun at Gen Con with you guys than I have had in a long time, and it was just really good. Yeah. And uh, the last time I went to PAX was a lot of fun, and it would be it would be really cool to just go hang out with a bunch mm-hmm. of nerds so but yeah catching up with ted and lb and all of them in the hotel lobby areas and lax and being able to hang out at night and do stuff or you know find a place to play a game during the day or then go and do events that are happening all th- i mean gen con was just so much fun i can't wait to get back to it it might this year may not feel that way this year may not be the year that we get back to it. Maybe it's 2022 that we finally get back to it, but I'm, I'm going to be super excited when we all get to go again. Yeah. And well, and I was thinking of the Spanish flu and I think that took like two years, two or three years for to, to kind things of to really get back to normal, like, yeah. <clears throat> which I mean, is not something you want to hear, but no. <laughs> uh, it also is kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Uh, what if we're not going to conventions, and right. we're uh, living our best home life. Um, what are what are your gaming goals? I know you've been working a lot because of your new job, but uh, do you have any August or I would say like maybe the rest of the year gaming goals? We're gonna get a new new campaign in September, and a new book in October, and another campaign setting in November. Are you going to dive into any of those? Are you going to run some new games, Lucian? God, I should. Or any of the ones that have kickstarted and delivered to my door that I've been excited about. Yeah, or, what about Yeah, those? should I do any of those? Should what are I? your gaming goals um, Or Still September? playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So that one has, you know, we're still going pretty strong well, with that. that's never going to end, right? So. I don't, well, apparently not. <laughs> we're going to be in the Mad Mage dungeon forever but it's that's uh how they it's a get cool dungeon blasters is players I go feel, in and they don't leave that's true yeah yeah i feel like i really want to run a game it's the itch is growing and growing and growing um because i keep getting more ideas i keep wanting to send my players down the cliff um or whatever it ends up being yeah. named i'm really still excited about that whole idea the problem is that which every dungeon master probably falls into, or even if you're a new dungeon master and you've been thinking about it, the one hurdle you have to get over is that very first hurdle of, do I want to put the work in to get this thing off the ground? Do I really want to get it? Because usually once you get it started, 
you can kind of limit the amount of prep you need each week once it's going. But there's a bit of setup to get all that kind of in place because normally you're trying to explain to the players the campaign you want to run. You're dealing with any of their requests as far as crazy character options that they want to play because they're super excited. Um, Typically for me or you, that means setting up maybe a streamable game, which means overlays, lining up players and schedules, and then getting schedules, right? Because that's always the big thing is you got to go and talk to your friends and say, is Tuesday a good day? And it's like good for four people, but not the fifth person. So then you're like, is Thursday a good day? Well, that's good for three people, but not two of them. You know, so you're just going back and forth for a while. And you only have so many evenings that you would do it on a work night. And I've typically kept my games off the weekend, although you play a lot of weekend games. Yeah, I'm playing... Uh yeah, I do. I think so maybe weekends a weekend. are good for me because everybody has rehearsal during the week. So it's uh, always like a Saturday, Sunday night. So we've been doing Sunday night Gloomhaven, and Saturday night will be uh, uh, coming up. We're going to play uh, yeah. some uh, modular D6. So. so I don't know if it'll be August that it kicks off, but I know it will be this winter as things start to cool down and I can't get outside in my pool, mm-hmm. can't ride my motorcycle, I'm definitely inside more here in Michigan because once the winter starts kicking up, you just don't go any, you know, you don't go as many places as you did. It wouldn't matter if it was COVID or not. Um, So then I typically want to do more at night with my campaigns. Um, So I'm thinking like September, October ish would be more of a a campaign start for me. In the meantime, what do you want to run? The is it the the cliff? That's yeah. what you're thinking? Okay. Yeah. Because it's very similar to Revenar still. Mm. And I still love the stories we generated from Revenar because that was still pseudo hex based, pseudo hex crawl. And I feel like I could do a pseudo hex crawl there too, but with just such a cool environment with a lot of really different options. And I just love thinking about the whole the whole storyline, like how it would be shot cinematically. You know, like I'm just thinking, um, what director do I want to shoot this campaign as we do it? You know, that's in my head. So um, I like that. And then where to start it timeline wise, what types of characters would want to go and do this kind of thing? I'm thinking about maybe a little bit higher level also to give the players something because we're always playing threes, fours and fives, fifth level stuff. And then then the campaigns kind of peter out after that point, maybe a little higher, but maybe starting like the idea had been kicking around was um, several kingdoms or lords or people of power have sent their fixer, their right hand man the or woman, the person they send in to deal with an issue who's kind of like a 10th or 11th level player. And several of these have sent our players together and they're supposed to work together. They don't know each other. They're not linked together in any way, but they've mm-hmm. been told by who they follow, work together and figure this problem out and then let them kind of go through this issue of what's happening um, in this at the edge of the world. Um, and so I like that idea of them having a higher level chance to play around with characters. I'm thinking I want to limit I'm bouncing around the idea of no multi-classing at all to keep it so they're not bringing in characters that are like level two cleric, level three wizard, level six 
paladin, you know, or something. You know, keep the weirdness out of it. Go go more straight, straight characters um, to play around with to see where it's at. So those are the, the ideas I've been kicking around. Um, it's funny that you're multi-classing right now. Um, IDM. I've yeah. never done it. Like, yeah, this is my first one like, that I've really I, played. I, I, not, not that I just sit and think about Jim Davis from WebDM, but I, mm-hmm. I remember some video that, I mean, who doesn't? But like, I remember some video that we they made where it. they said, if you introduce multi-classing in your games, like, be wary that that's a whole other level of like power gaming. But yeah. in my experience, I haven't really found it to be that powerful from uh, being in games with players who are multi-classing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you yeah, should play are in you, our Tuesday are you way more powerful because you're a cleric? Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Our Tuesday night game is Twinkville. Our barbarian warlock fighter is nearly unstoppable juggernaut. I'm a fighter cleric. We have everybody seems to be multi-classing in some way. Artificer slash wizard. Mm-hmm. There's a full wizard in the group at the moment, and then. I'm pretty sure the dwarf is a multi-class of something too. He might be full cleric, but I'm, I don't remember, but man, are we getting up there in the power range and we are really throwing some crazy stuff out there, but it's because magic items plus really high stats plus combinations of skills and feats also about feats in the game, which I think can also trigger higher feats can change stuff. Yeah. So. so the all and then the multi-class and we're using every book in the in the you range. Have that crossbow so. expert or whatever where you can yeah, like yeah, take I have a sharpshooter. minus ten. Yeah. Sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um to get really high damage and stuff. So it's crazy, but it's fun crazy. It's like bonkers crazy fun. But I think it's it's pretty cool. The reason I'm thinking about not letting them do it is so that we don't get crazy on ability synergies that you can really work into the whole thing. And that's what's happening. I think a little bit in our game now is these weird ability synergies. So, but back to goals for August. Um, I am looking for an MMO to play at the moment too. I've been looking, steam's got a bunch of new ones out. Everybody's been playing final fantasy again because all the wild players are moving over to final fantasy and wow's gone, you know, down the, the, down the crapper at this point. Blizzard Um, in general is, having yeah. lots of problems yeah it's so. just a it's just a uh you know a, a shit show forward and backwards over there sorry for the good people i know good people that work over there and they love working at blizzard they mm-hmm. they were happy when they got hired at blizzard and i don't think they were a part of the stuff you hear about in yeah. the thing but that doesn't mean that that stuff's not happening and that there's not a bunch of crap that was going on and i get all that so once they figure that out but i want a good mmo like i don't care about their their problems. And so I just want somebody to build a good MMO for here we are in 2021, because really I would say the 2000s to 2010 MMOs were strong. I mean, they were the game to play and they're profitable. And everybody was wasn't that, as big. Wow. Money. So, every, yeah. yeah and, and there were so many you could choose from and everybody had crazy ideas and wow was definitely the juggernaut, but there was plenty of other stuff you could pick. Um, and then now we're, you know, in the 2020s or 20 teens and it all kind of fell off. Didn't, didn't seem as good anymore. So I'm kind of looking, but I've seen some stuff out there. That's interesting. That new that world game. Fun. Everyone's talking about that. I beta test that mm-hmm. for an hour. That was okay. Interesting premise. Um, I'm looking at bless online was uh, another one. Good graphics, final fantasy. I thought I could jump back into, um, black desert. 
And I think there's one called Red Desert coming out too by the same company, but a different world or something. All really good graphics. I guess I'm chasing really good graphic demo <laughs> also. So I'm looking at that. Um, I'm also trying to just, there's a bunch of other good computer games that have been coming out. So I've been playing a bunch of that stuff like Back for Dead, if you were a Left for Dead fan. Um, that's just now getting out there. You can play the, the beta if you purchase it. Um, Ma- Magic the Gathering Online stuff, I still want to dive into. I got to buy cards for that because I still have had trouble. You've been playing a lot more of that. I've been playing a lot of Magic, uh, which I'll yeah. talk about. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and I want to get into that. Uh, so. so in our Discord, we have a Magic the Gathering section now, and mm-hmm. it's just been like, Drunken Yoda and Danimal and me Danimal. and, and I, some other people. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting your names. A but bunch all, of lurkers. We're all just like, look at like this card and then I'm going to make a bunch of stuff about it. And then all of a sudden Danimal will upload like his phone video that he took of some win. And it's just, yeah. it's been a lot of fun and it gets me all itching to play. So, yeah. So I think those are mine. Um, so computer games for the next month or so. Here's the thing that would change all of that. I'm actively looking for a in my town board game group because I want a board oh, game yeah. night. A, a night a game group that would love to play a board game for a few nights in a row for a few weeks in a row and then mm-hmm. maybe pick other board games that are out there and play them get together live play them I'm lo- so if that happens uh, then that's going to happen state. but I'm still looking for the players for that so. yeah oh yeah yeah definitely I would love to <laughs> play board games with you yeah <laughs> So, but what about Jordan's August goals? Jordan put it on the on the list, so yeah. he must have goals. Yeah, you'd think that. No, it was weird because <laughs> uh, so there wasn't a lot to talk about news wise today. We're we're getting our new books. We don't really know anything more. You know, D and D Live is over. There's lots of we had our big uh, lore canon controversy episode mm-hmm. last week, and so I just no other nice, Twitter controversy this week. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted a nice easy like chat one, and I'm like, what are what are our goals? And uh, it's funny. So I, I, I talk about modular D six a lot, but I actually got a group together and I've scheduled oh. it. And so we're going to play test this game that I'm running. And I have so many adventures from various systems yep. that I decided in order to test the mechanics of the game I'm trying to make, I'm not going to build a world on top of it. And so I've been using some of my um, old school essentials stuff and some uh, other things, kind of like Hot Springs Island, like system neutral stuff. And then I thought that would be really smart because I can build the monsters up as I need them uh, and then document them so I remember what I statted them as. And then I can figure out if my whole system works before I start putting a setting on top. Uh, So I've been reading a lot of adventures, which has been fun. And then we were all scheduled to play tonight. And tonight was going to be the Yay. first night. We we're going to play test. And I got a, I bought a printer so I can print all of the stuff I've written so people can choose and pick their characters and stuff. And I was really excited. Um, and then I got a message from, uh, bum, bum, bum. from a, a friend who I played a game with a long time ago. And he's like, hey, are you still on for tonight? And I'm like, wait, what? And so, like, three or four months ago, he invited oh, yes. me to play a game <laughs> on Goodman Games' Twitch channel. It was a DCC game. I think it was for DCC Days. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, we have a, like it was last minute, and we have a movie thing. And he's like, okay, well, I'll put you down for, we're going to play test Crypt of the Devil Lich, which is the Kickstarter that Goodman Games did a while back. Mm-hmm. And it's an old Gen Con tournament module that they have revamped for uh 
Dungeon Crawl Classics and 5th Edition D&D, which is kind of oh, cool. Oh, nice. So he's like, are you still on? And I'm like, wait, what? And so we're doing that tonight, and I completely <laughs> spaced it. So thank, thank, good thing he, like, messaged me, because I would not have paid attention. And I went into our Discord chat, and of course there's, like, 8,000 pings, and, like, you know, people have been talking about characters that they're going to build, and I'm like, oh, oh crap. So uh, tonight you should check out the Goodman Games Twitch channel. I think it's I 8 Central. Um, and you'll see, Jordan, we're playing D&D 5e, uh, level 15 characters to get through oh, this dungeon. nice. Yeah. I've never played what, anything what did this you, high, like, ever. Pre-mades, or you get to make your own? We get to make our own. What? So I took one of my favorite characters that I haven't been able to play in a while. <laughs> wait, which wait, is, let, me, let me think. Hold oh, on. Yeah. It's going to be... Is it your Oop. Spore Druid? Oh, that's good. No. It's not your spore druid. Your desert mage? No. No. Dang it. Which one? That, okay, go ahead. It's my drow warlock. Oh, uh, drow. For you had drow who, on the Who brain. worships Gonador, the, the god of slimes. <laughs> Got it. So I talked to him, and I played that in a one-shot with Indoor Adventure mm-hmm. on his game. And then after that... Uh, I just kind of like, he's just been sitting there, but I'm like, oh, it'd be fun to play him again. So I leveled him up from nine to 15 and he got a couple more magic items because that's what we're doing. Uh, And we'll see how this works. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So I know nothing about this other than it's supposed to be more difficult than the Tomb of Horrors. So it's probably like a big thinking puzzle and we'll see how long I last. So, uh, But you get all kinds of cool Eldritch... um Invocations is the yeah. name, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Did you know, like, I, didn't, I haven't read the high-level stuff of some of these guys in a while. But, some of it's ridiculous, uh, yeah. Level 15, great old one, Warlock. If a creature, a humanoid, if a humanoid is incapacitated, you can uh, charm them. They, don't, they fail the save automatically because they're incapacitated. And they're charmed until it's dispelled. And they follow your orders. You, it, I think the ability is called Create Thrall. And you just have, like, a guy that follows you around, does what you want. I'm like, what? That seems broken. Like, holy... Not broken, but just, like, I had no idea that, like, warlocks could do that. Yeah, great old one um, warlock. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So the sad thing is that put our game on hiatus until next week, which is sad because I had a lot of friends that were really excited to uh, play and make games, and I was working on, like, the campaign, and I've got my table all set up, and I was drawing maps, and I literally was getting ready for, like, I'm running a game. It's been so long since I've actually run a game, yeah. uh, because the last game I ran was Rod of Seven Parts, and that's been that's been done, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will do it next week, sadly. Next I week like, goals. I like playing, don't get me wrong, uh, but I think I prefer being a dungeon master, because I... I sit at the tables of the games that I play and when it's not my turn, I get very distracted and I start I doing other things. Do. <laughs> and I was even like, I was in my game on Thursday night and I had my laptop open because we all use D and D beyond and stuff. And I was at the table and I even opened up another tab and I was like writing down ideas I had for like the things that I wanted to run. And I'm just like, pay attention to the game you're in. You are the player that you hate Jordan. Like what yeah, is wrong with you? You so, are him. <laughs> um, but when I'm, when I'm running a game, I'm just that much more attentive and, and active, I think, because 
uh, everything matters, you know, so. Right, but, right. So I my, my August goals is to finally get this off the game, off the ground. Like I've been talking about this for probably a year now and it's been stupid. And I'm so surprised I'm like, you don't use your dragon on the mount since you've ran it enough in 5e, you have it down pat. Yeah. That if you run it in another system, you're going to recognize immediately, oh, this system does this well. Yeah. This system doesn't do this piece well because I've already understood how I've ran it three, four other times. Yeah, well, the idea is it's not going to be a one-shot. The idea is yeah. that players can um, jump in and jump out. And that was the only way that I really could get a... I know that I would be able to play every week is right. that if new players were allowed to just d jump in and other players were allowed to jump out... And the experience system that I've created for uh, Module D6, if you get, uh, you don't kill a monster and get experience, but you get experience for showing up to the game, you get mm -hmm. experience for like completing a quest, and you get experience for staying till the very end kind of a thing. So yeah. it's a system that's really encouraging people to like show up, but I like that idea of um, and, and so that's something I want to test. Like, well, what if, you know, John Doe doesn't show up this week and he comes back? Is that player going to be that much more hindered by these guys who did get, you know, three to four XP, but he didn't kind of a thing. Um, and then experience points are currency that you pay to level up. Like you buy new abilities for your character. So, yeah. so we'll see if that works. I, and so that's another thing I wanted to test, but I think it'll be, I think it'll work. Like we'll get people to like jump in and out, but Man, I've got so many RPGs to play, though. Like, I've been rereading kind of Lands. Uh, we you. were just talking about Kickstarters, which we can get into next, but I backed a Forbidden Lands uh, monster manual. Monster book. A bestiary yeah. that they put out, and it looks really good, and I was really excited, and I just, I love the things Free League is doing. Mm -hmm. Rereading some of my old school essential stuff and working on a video for the Jocular Junction channel. Um made me want to run some old school essentials again. Cause I was like, that was really fun when we played, which none of you have seen, mm -hmm. but I have this video of Lucian and some of my friends playing that I'm going to put onto the web, uh, whenever I do make the review of old school essentials. So, <laughs> but right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I knew when you said, cause I thought it was like a week or two ago or maybe a show or two ago where you said, I feel like I'm playing too many nights in a row. <laughs> no, and I But that's because you were getting invited to play in games and well, you were playing yeah. in these games and And that's the thing yeah. is I'm playing Thursday, Friday, and then we were like half playing on Saturday and yeah. then regular board games on Sunday. So right. that's four nights. Uh the Saturday game is now going to be what I'm running. Uh mm -hmm. and then Friday might last another month or so. I'm not sure how long that game's gonna last. Uh and then Thursday is up in the air, but I think I'm going to continue on Thursdays if I can. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I like you. I like where you're going with your idea with that campaign too, because when I did Seeking Revenor, one of the ideas I was having because we let all the Discord players come in and play from our Discord. Yeah, um, the idea that the group could be different each week; it didn't have to be the same cohesive group. Because I was trying to think of the same way of how do I make sure I have four players every single yeah, week? And that's play. all you really want sometimes is like, yeah. And so that was the whole idea of everything starts at the tavern. There's a tavern group leader who kind of gets a writ to create. They're going to go on an expedition. They gather the people that are going to go with them. They can gather up three to four. They tell me who that group is. And then we go out, you yeah. know, we do, a, we do the hex crawl portion or they go out, they pick where they're going to go on the map you know, they set it up as an expedition 
as prep so that I'm ready for when game night happens to say, okay, you guys said you're, you've got your supplies, you're going out to here. It's a group of four different people with four different characters that were created. They went out, they came back. And I tried to make every session about being able to go out and come back in time and not have it be something that we have to, okay, guys, let's cut here. And then we'll come back next week and pick it up. Um, I tried to make it as a cohesive adventure, but that, that kind of got hard to do where you were doing like an all-in-one session for the day so that you could finish up and then next week could be its own yeah. thing. That kind of was a challenge too. So I'm curious to see how you tackle that or if you find it's the same thing or, you know, it, what ends up happening with that with you. So Yeah, and we'll see. Um, there might just be a lot of hand-waving of like this person fades into the ether and this person comes in and plays. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because there's that part of you that really wants that narrative tie in for everything. Consistency. And, yeah. and I, I am 100% a part of that. Uh, the only game that I've ever seen that just actually addresses that is invisible sun mm-hmm. where in invisible sun, there are these different dimensions and as players, you're all from the shadow dimension, but you are awakened and now you're in the indigo sun dimension. But if you ever, can't make a session you just say oh he faded back into shadow for this week Mm -hmm. and and i was like that's so simple but it it in that weird where everyone's wizards and all this other stuff it makes so much sense in invisible sun that you're like this person just kind of like got pulled back into shadow and then they'll be back later kind of a thing Mm -hmm. uh and i was like okay but that's how I want to treat it. And I don't have a fun narrative to that yet. Maybe that will come out as we play more, but I like the idea of just like people are pulled into the ether for X amount of time and they come back and they're like, what did I miss? And it's like, okay, yeah, we're here. Oh, you're back with us, you know, and just Mm -hmm. allow people to play. But if I can, like you were saying, have them go back to a home base and then yeah. they could regroup and go back out. I think that's what I would really like. I ran Salt yeah. Marsh like that, not with different players, but it was a lot of fun for them to go back to Salt Marsh, figure out their lives. We could have a downtime session, and then they could pack up and go on an adventure. So yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. I think you have to give yourself a little more time. Like if you're doing a streamed game, a lot of times you only stream for maybe two or three hours, and that might not be quite enough. But when you're doing your home games, you know you could do a four or five hour session if you've got the players. And I think you could do a whole cohesive adventure in that five hours and be back, you know, mm-hmm. go out, come back and just tell the players that that's what you're kind of trying to do. And if they could help a little bit, like every now and then when you're starting to nudge them on because you're looking at the time, it's time to go back. Don't fight us on, hey, it's time you should go back and get food and stock up on water and this kind of stuff so that we can go back. Everybody's there. And if somebody can't make it next week, we can bring somebody in. And the story stays nice and cohesive because you were at town when we started off next week anyways, and you picked up somebody to go with you to go do something. And I think it made for a better storyline in Revenor because we had these groups going out and coming back and then they started intermingling people. So like two from this group joined two from this group and then they went out on an adventure and came back and told people about the place they went yeah, to and explored. And that's cool. Like, and it started so to fun. really build the world out. And I really liked how it was going. It just ended up being a lot of work when you're running that many groups, but it was really fun. And I think it was building a really cool story. I still think about all the Revenor stuff. That's It's amazing to me that the stuff that was built off of off the cuff groups going out hex crawling and it, and it just all fit in in the stories that were being told 
um, they're, they're still really good. It gets me excited when I think about it every time. So I'm excited for you to try that out and see how how you like it yeah. um, in, well, in I, that round. You know, and you always get so sad when players can't make it. And yeah. it's like, should we cancel? And I'm like, I like this more. And lately, when players can't make it, we just end up playing board games instead of actually playing the game. But there's a certain, uh, I, I mean, you're never, I don't know. I felt like we were getting through adventures at a good pace when I was playing two times a week with the same people. And so when you're playing once a week or once every other week, and then you have to cancel because someone can't make it, or that person yeah. just is like, I, I don't know what's going on anymore. It's been a month since we played, or since mm -hmm. he played, or they played, that, uh, yeah, like, I... I think this will work out a little better maybe because people could consistently play it. But for the most part, it's about me and I don't mean to sound selfish, <laughs> but it is about me play testing this thing. So, right, so why I don't do I, I, if you, <laughs> if you don't remember what happened, that's fine. I just want to know if you feel the like you can work. actively hit this monster, you know, 40 to 60% of the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not play testing story here. We're, we're play that's testing a later mechanics. Thing, yeah. We're play testing, you know, cohesiveness and understanding and be able to play. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested. I, I can't wait to see where it goes for sure. Um, and I'm sure we'll find out on the show as you tell us every week, how things are going. Yeah. Kickstarter wise. Um, I was super excited. Uh, Avatar airbender from magpie. One of my favorite RPG companies, indie company really, but now becoming more mainstream. I think, you probably don't even call them an indie developer anymore as far as uh, for tabletops because they've got a lot of good games out. They've got, and I've got a bunch of them because I've volunteered to run games for them. My favorite, Mass, A New Generation, still my my best um, set of YouTube videos I did was how to be a GM for that. And I still constantly get messages from people saying, I love this, this series. I wish you would do more. And I'm always like, I know, I wish I would do more too, <laughs> but I just never get around to it. Yeah. But they're just so many, so much good feedback by people watching that little series I did about how to be a good for that system. Cause I think that system has a little bit different way of being a, a game master and uh, the way the book spells it out is really good. And so the videos are great, but I love that game mass and uh, new generation. If you haven't picked it up, you should nice paperback, pamphlet style kind of game not too big not too many rules and just a really fun teenage superhero system to play and i think it's great but that's not the only thing they have i mean they have a urban um they have urban shadows which is another game that a lot of people play from magpie there's a lot of campaigns you can find out there um, and they're doing this avatar one which i think is yeah. cool so they've got this huge property how do you how do you get a huge property like that? I mean, me and Jordan need to go out and get some huge property. <laughs> and but I don't we, know that one. Can we contact Naratu yeah. or can we? <laughs> so D and D Beyond has the second show that they made, which is that Dragon Prince. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Dragon Prince from yeah. Netflix. So right? they got that, but that's the same creators as Avatar: The Last Airbender. And so I, was, I thought it was curious that yeah. Magpie got this, especially because it's such a huge property. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how they got it, but. Props to them. I want to uh, know. <laughs> but they're doing a Kickstarter. I got the the pre-test package because yep. I was curious about the rules. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks fine. Like, it was not mechanics so much as the world and how you'll interact with it and the type of character you'll play. Um, 
But I mean, I don't know. Bending's cool. Like to be a water Heck firebender, yeah. like that would be really awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that's cool. <laughs> so, and the, the Kickstarter looked good. It looked like they were doing a really fun, um, lots of extra stretch goals. I think they're at like, go, go to their page. They might be at like 3 million. They were at big million dollar spots within the first day. Mm-hmm. I was shocked how much. That's how big this this um, uh, franchise is, that it drew in Matt Coville critical role style money day one. I was, yeah. I was surprised. Well, and Kickstarters in general are pulling in that. Like it was surprising yeah. that Matt's book made a million dollars when he did. But now it kind of feels like the norm, like the dungeons yeah. of Drakenheim, which are the dungeon dudes uh, there in Toronto. And their Kickstarter was like 1.5 million or something like that. Like I was blow, I was like, what? And uh, Runesmith, a YouTuber, he did another one where he was doing like a tavern book for 5e. And it also got into the millions pretty quickly. So yeah. I think people are hungry for 5e content which is why uh, a lot of these companies are doing 5e content and 2C gaming is almost like like they they did uh, they did WebDM and Celeste Conowich's book uh, Venture, yep, Venture Maiden. Now Celeste yeah. is working for them th- so that kind of makes sense. But if I was a company that's Grant. like what should we make next? I don't know. Let's go find a really popular podcast or a really popular YouTube <laughs> channel yeah. and let's use their name because they'll advertise yeah. for us. And then it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a working relationship because that person will do half the you know the the company knows how to put on a Kickstarter whereas you just have to like promote it and then write a bunch but yeah yep. so yeah they're at three million four hundred fifty three thousand dollars with twenty six days to go Kickstarters we all know run for thirty days so that yeah. is a four day running total yeah. people want their Avatar Legend the role-playing game. They've got a video up. It looks really cool. And it looks like it covers, because I'm seeing, you know, there are spinoffs from that original show too. So there are Mm -hmm. other characters that they can, and I'm pretty sure they're going to follow some of that stuff. Yeah, in there, I think, as well. Cora, and yeah. So you can play in either age from what I was reading. Yep. And I like the levels they did. They So you have like the otter penguin level, or you have, let's go down to some of the other ones that were funny. Um, Where's the name of it? The winged lemur, lemur. The fire ferret, the otter penguin, the polar bear dog. Come on. That's my level. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Flying bison level and so and on. I so there's some cool the stuff. Dice. They had some custom dice that looked really cool. Where yeah. It was like a artwork. red die that has different fire symbols for all of the the numbers. So. Yeah, Korra's in there. Aang's in there. The Hundred Year War era. Ruko's era. In Kiyoshi's era. So, and I'm not that big of it. I'll admit, like, I've seen some of Aang's stuff and I've watched the movies they put out, which probably aren't as good as the show. So I, I'm familiar. I'm adjacent to it. I know it, but I'm not a super fan. This sounds like it's even like super fans are really going to love it if they're going into all of this, you know, old era stuff, new era stuff, you know, all the animation stuff. This looks really good. They're putting a lot of content into it. So yeah. I think this could be fun. No, it's going to be really Super good. Cool. Uh, like I said, my DM Nathan, who we talk about, mm-hmm. uh, he Nathan. is an Avatar fanatic, and uh, all of his pets are named after Avatar characters. So uh, there's Momo, and there's Naga. And anyway, he's got all these. Yeah, all of his pets are named after that because they, him and his family, like all of them, just love it. He's really excited for this, and uh, I would 
Yeah. So Nathan, he's all, I'll he's play. all like, we're playing a game as a soon as I have the PDF. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I'll, I'll, yeah. I want to dive in because we've talked about this before where if like, it's fun when you're passionate about it, but like, I, I just love when DMs run a game for me when they are just like so into the world, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, like we've been talking about, especially with Call of Cthulhu, where I'm like, I really want to find that Call of Cthulhu crazy person Fanatic. who loves all of this to yeah. give me the full experience. So, yeah. yeah. And I think I that would, this would be a better introduction to Avatar than yeah. me watching the show in a way, but not yep. really. I guess I should watch I the show, but yeah. So I want to reserve a spot on DM Nathan's team of players. Just let okay. you know, DM Nathan, if you're out there listening. I'm ready to play some of this. Introduce me to your your fanaticism. I love it. Um, me, that game probably would be Aliens. I yeah. am such an alien fanatic that I really should run it. I love it so much. I love everything about it. Um, I forget how much I love it and want to show it to people. It's the greatest movie ever <laughs> in my mind i just love it so much i should really play that one too yeah. maybe that's what i should throw on my list is i'm that. curious about alien yeah, yeah, yeah. uh this is kind of a tangent but like i was thinking about that game the other day and mm -hmm. we so i'm gonna say you're gonna run that probably for fans of alien yeah and everybody we all know the alien life cycle we know what happens so, and I haven't read this game, but I was like, would it get kind of boring running the same thing where you're like, okay, and everyone comes back and you're like, who's got a thing in their esophagus? Let's go like <laughs> read around if you're all into that kind of a thing. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. Cause I was, I was kind of like, does it get, is it, is it not fun? Because we know too much about the alien universe. Um, yeah. I would almost want to run a mothership game using alien movie tropes where they don't, don't actually tell, the tell them that it's like an alien. So they don't know that, but I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But the good thing is alien in you have alien, which is the horror show. And you're, you're right that it's dangerous when you don't know how the thing works. But once you do know how the thing works, you can start to kind of fight it a little bit. You can get ahead of it. But the second part of the alien universe is the colonial Marines. Yeah. So you have a lot of storyline that you can use with colonial Marines dealing with far flung colonies, whether it's rebellions, labor put downs, you know, like you could play a whole bunch of storylines between corporation, corporations fighting, then alien infestations. You're, you're a team that's trained to go in and deal with alien infestations. And that could be really good. Yeah. Um, research facilities that have gone offline type thing. I'm seeing those are lots of the types of missions you would run, I think, in Alien um, that I think would be super fun. And Predator exists in the Alien universe. That's canon. Um, so there's, you know, Alien vs. Predator books. <laughs> and there's, yeah. <laughs> so I've read all those books. Those books are really good, too. There's, there's a great storyline about them going up to the moon to a research station that has gotten one of the aliens from um Hadley and they got brought over and it gets out obviously because the aliens always get out and and then that wrecks or you could run the whole storyline about how they get to earth there's a whole book series that I read that was fantastic about they crash land in Brazil and they're there for 30 days undetected and because of that they become unstoppable and they wipe the whole world out because if we give them 30 days to create a nest it was over 
Like they just mm-hmm. they just swarm the whole planet. So the book was about how not to let that do it. People were escaping. They go to other planets that are still out there, and now they're trying to figure out how do you find these nests before it's too late. Because if they get to a certain spot, they just explode and take over the whole planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like dogs, animals have these things in them and come out as hybrids. You know, there's just all kinds of cool stuff. So the the whole universe is fantastic. I love it. Um, so that would be my yeah. I'm a fanatic of it. What other sure. What other Kickstarters are you doing then? Are you waiting on any? I'm waiting on. Um, I'm still waiting on Black Storm, which is a 5e campaign setting. Um, I'm still waiting to get mine from. Um, Grimmer Grimmer Space, which is the one that um, Goonies and oh God, he's the actor. I was Sean Austin, Shane Austin. It had created a world, and he wanted to do a role playing game um, that was based around a world Grimmer Space, kind of like a um, not Pathfinder, but their sci fi one, um, Starfinder, Starfinder, more like Starfinder ish kind of world. And I thought that was kind of cool. So those are the ones I'm waiting on. I think. Um, we haven't even talked about Kingdoms and Warfare. That PDF came no, out. No, that came out. Have you yeah. read that? <laughs> I've watched his videos on it. Um, I have it. I have not read through it yet. Yeah. It, I want to see some videos. He said he's going to put up some videos of people playing through the mechanics of it. And oh, I want to okay. watch those. And then I want to go through and read it. Because I love my my book, the original book. Um, Strongholds and Followers, yeah. Strongholds and Followers, for sure. It has a lot of cool stuff in it. And I'm excited to add that. In. I added that stuff into my campaign. Um, Revenor had that stuff in it. We created a cathedral based off of a, the cleric in our, or a paladin. We used the paladin archetype, and he built the the facility that went for paladin, and he got the cool abilities with it. Yeah. It was really fun. He got a unit of um, light archers, and he got a unit of foot that came with it that the church sent to him to say, okay, you've got this cathedral thing you built now. You've got to maintain it and hold it. Here's some units to keep you to do it. We did we he rename that himself Shredder since he's working he with should. the foot. He should. Okay. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I went through Kingdoms of Warfare and read through the magic items. I actually, uh, oh. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I really enjoy his uh, codices. Like I mm-hmm. thought those were some of the most creative magic items, and so he had he added a bunch more in Kingdoms of Warfare. It was a lot of fun to go through. Oh, and I'm waiting for both WebDM and Venture Maiden. I mean, yep. we both backed those, those and those pretty, haven't come in yet. Those are pretty recent, so they're going to take a little bit. Yeah. Oh, Anime 5e. Oh, yeah. That's the other one I'm waiting on. Um, God, what other ones are out there that are still in my kicks? Like, I have this whole list of... I got Tolas finally. That was really good. And I do... I want to run Tolas. Tolas is a bucket... It's on my physical bucket list of... I want to run this as a campaign. So that one eventually, eventually will happen. Um, uh, yeah, so Judge James is running Tolis right now, and his vlogs about it are very interesting. Um, yes. It's a, it's a massive campaign setting. So. Yeah. I like the idea of the, the large spire in the middle of the city and the way Monty Cook kind of describes the whole thing. It really draws you into having a feature that nobody knows about or has much info about, but it exists in your town that you live in day in, day out. Like imagine having that feature where you live. It's big. Nobody knows anything about it. You can't not see it every day you walk outside 
and yet life goes on and nobody actually does anything with it or, or goes to it or it's just there, right? Mm-hmm. It's just this big presence. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that idea. So, reminds me of the Dark Tower from Stephen King for some reason. So Oh, Wild CRPG I'm still waiting on. That one's an overseas one, though, so I think that one's been delayed quite a bit because of COVID. God, so many of these <laughs> Kickstarters. I'm a Kickstarter junkie. I don't Black know if Storm, I told you, but... Blackstorm Realms was the one I was thinking um, there, was, uh, there was one out called Call of Cthulhu Classic where they were reprinting some of the um, old Call of Cthulhu products from the 1980s. Uh, and I'm not... I don't know. Uh, well, it's Chaosium. Yeah, Chaosium. And th- th- anyway... Uh, I did a hundred dollars with that to get like the full package. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious. It's, it's, I mean, the current call of Cthulhu is all of this is based off of the originals where they've kind of like worked, tweaked the rules, but it comes with a bunch of source books and stuff. Um, but it was just too good to pass up like a huge box set of that RPG that we've been talking, wanting to try for a long time. So, yeah. and I bought a, a anthology of Lovecraft that I've been reading um, before bed, which has been fun. So I think it'll be my gateway into Call of Cthulhu. Oh, I did Twilight 2000 was another one. It was an old game. They're bringing back. Um, and I kickstarted a board that, game, yeah? that new version. Yeah. Twilight okay. 2000. Well, no, I think it's, they have an RPG for it too. Oh, I, I saw one that might be interesting for people. If you're with a Modifius fan, they were doing um, um, I can see the picture. Vault one one one, Vault one eleven. Fallout. Fallout. <laughs> That's where I was going. God, I'm so glad you're there, Jordan. You're just <laughs> killing it with names right now. As my brain goes crazy. Yeah, Fallout. You could do a Fallout RPG right now. I saw a Kickstarter for that, or you can get it for, or you can pre-order it from. Um, Modifius. Modifius putting out good stuff too. Very good stuff. Uh, Lucian, I before we started the ga- the video, you were telling me about um, a really cool Comprehend Language Helm and some other stuff that was happening yeah, in Dungeon yeah, of the Mad yeah. Mage. And I want to talk about that before we run out of time. Before because we run out of time. I, I'm curious about this. this game. I got excited when I started telling it. So we were, we were saying, so what would you play last week? So I'm playing Dungeon of the Mad Mage and we are doing spoilers with Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We were trying not to in the beginning, but then it just seemed like I was talking too vaguely about it anyway. So I'm just doing spoilers. So sorry if you are playing this. Come back later. Um, but we met up with a death slad, one of my favorite creatures from the Fiend Folio, the whole slad clan of creatures. I've always wanted to work them into one of my campaigns and I never have. And I, every time I see them or every time I see artwork of them, I always get that rekindled feeling of, I want to run a whole campaign against these guys being the evil, bad empire. And how do you deal with them taking over and stuff? So we were, this death slat had um, shape shifted into a bullywug. He had um, taken over a small, enclave of bullywugs as the new king and we didn't know any of that going into it we come up it was kind of funny we come up to a bullywug who's standing by a door and what's funny about this story was i was telling jordan is that sometimes with my group right now on tuesday night you would never be able to tell when we're going to go full murder hobo or we're going to go in a completely different route it's like it's random there's no trigger it just happens either we (laughs) slaughter everything for no reason at all, or we somehow go way out of our way 
to communicate and work with this thing and do something with whatever we meet. So there's this one lone bullywug standing in front of a door of a temple and we want to go in the temple to map it out and see what's in there. Mm-hmm. And it's like six of us who have slaughtered our way through this whole entire dungeon of the mad mage at this point. And there's the one guy and we're like, wait, let's talk to this guy just randomly out of the blue. No, no reason. Well, one our, Wizard has a helm of comprehend language. So our dungeon master is really playing it well. You can understand them. They don't understand you. So he says, why don't you pantomime or why don't you do kind of like a charades thing? We'll do some rolls and see if he understands. So that goes on for about three seconds. And I go, well, why don't you just give him the helm of comprehend language? And then the bullywood can understand us. Yeah, he'll grab our language. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) And the DM stopped. And we all look, wait, do you have to attune to it? No. Uh. (laughs) You cast the spell. Here you go. We put it on them. They now can understand us. And all we said, I I thought we would just say, hey, just say yes or no to our questions. You don't have to talk to us. All you have to do is say yes or no. We want to, can we go in here? No. Is there something we can do to get in there? No. You know, like, and I was like, well, wait a minute. The wizard still has the spell cast on it lasts for like an hour. He can talk and understand the bullywood. The bullywood can now understand him because I grab the helm, which is you can understand it, but you can't actually. Uh, <coughs> I put the helm on. <laughs> now we're passing the helm of comprehend languages around to the group so everybody can just cast it and talk to each other. Um, and so it was a really funny thing that happened. And I just we were joking about it. But we find out this is the old king of the bullywugs. He has been kicked out by the new king, the new rightful king. We're like, well, do you want to be the king again? And Danimal looks at him and says, well, let's hmm, that's an interesting idea. He's like, let's roll. He's like, yeah, he kind of wouldn't mind being the old king again. He's like, all right, how about we make a deal? We make you king again. Then you let us go into this temple and map it out the way we want to. And he's like, "Okay, let's do that. Let's go assassinate the old king. (laughs) That's how we find out that the old king is actually a death slad have to fight the Hydra pet that he has. And we go through this whole adventure and we're passing around the helm of comprehend languages so we can understand each other. It was a funny, funny set of circumstances, a broken magic item at this point. I don't think our DM is going to keep letting us just pass that around. Maybe he will, maybe he won't care, but I just thought it was funny that we could now communicate with anybody that we want. Um, And it had a cool creature in it, the death slad, which was super cool. And, I enjoyed it. So that was such a fun adventure portion of our adventure, such a fun session and a cool storyline. And I cannot tell you if you asked, why didn't you just kill the guard like you did one room over when you saw a dude and you just shot him? Wouldn't do anything. (laughs) You just shot him. Why didn't you just shoot this guy? And I I have no idea why we just all of a sudden decide, well, why don't we talk with this guy and see what's going on and find out his story? Hey, he's an old king. Wow, look at this. And so it was really good. So... It, it's a. Uh, it's been a very interesting. Um, I would love to hear Danimal's side of this story yeah, too. That like, that's my side of it. Now I'd love to hear what the dungeon master was thinking while the group is slowly doing things that he, I'm sure, was not expecting, and what he was thinking about. Because all of a sudden it was going to start to get out of hand. I think <laughs> with passing magic items around and doing some crazy, crazy shenanigans. So speaking um, of slots, fun. though, like, uh, so my the Thursday game that I'm playing and Nathan's running. Uh, we had, we we fought some like like undead wolfhound things, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they were wolves, but like their skull was almost a uh, 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 Hell Hell Rider Nicholas Cage that terrible movie. Oh where, yeah, yeah, yeah. On fire. Yeah, and you could their see heads the skull, like the on bones. fire, and then so you see a skull, and then they have like skeleton hands or p- paws, and they're like coming nice. at us. But it was really interesting because uh, we we were talking later on that this is a monster Nathan came up with. He saw some cool piece of art. Okay, and then he cool. applied a monster stat to it and then augmented that a little bit too, which is yeah. something I really value because I know a lot of the monsters in D&D. And so it's fun when I'm just like, I have no idea what this thing can do. Like Nathan just came up with something really interesting and he used a death slot as the, um, oh, as okay. the base for this monster. The thing he added on though, is that when you cast a spell on it, it can capture that spell and then regurgitate it back at you. Like a so reflect. Nice. They threw a fireball at it, which damaged them, but then they sucked up all that mana, and then the next thing, the dog barked at us, and out came a giant fireball, and we're like, what? And so that was really fun, because our spellcasters were like, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like running, Ghost Rider, thank you, BK Dan. And I'm going <laughs> to run out of there, and uh, I, I was my monk, so I'm just like hitting him with my trident and, and having a lot of fun there, not doing magical stuff. And they were like, oh, let me try this spell. Maybe it's just fire. It's like, no, just stop casting magic. Just like, stop it's not giving them, yeah. <laughs> uh, we but tried that was that. a lot of fun. Do you ever change <clears throat> monsters like that, or do you try to mix them yeah, up? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, especially when I see a cool picture of them, and I kind of know the stat block-ish. I wanted to, like, I wanted to do, like, roper-type things, mm-hmm. but I have this other vision of what it looks like in mine that I saw from a different you know, movie or book I'm reading or comic or something. And then I'll kind of do exactly that. I'll bring those together and everything. And like, just like you said, give it an ability from something else or, yeah. or whatever. What I liked about that fight with the death lad, um, the first person hit it with um, a lightning strike of some sort. And our DM's really good about it. Seems like, the damage didn't affect it as much as you thought it would, which is the key for us to realize, oh, wait a minute, this thing might be resistant to that. He gives us a, an indicator there there might be some resistance going on or something's gone on here where the damage wasn't quite as much as you thought it would be. So then I have a bunch of elemental arrows that I picked up mm-hmm. um, as I asked him about getting magic items and stuff. I wanted cool arrows that had different elemental effects on them so it gave me all eight like i i bought a a bundle that has one each of the different effects so i'm like okay i'm gonna grab out the cold arrow i'm gonna hit him with the cold arrow he's like yeah it doesn't seem like it's doing as much damage as you would think it would be i'm like okay hold on a second try another arrow on him same thing and then we started to realize it has magic resistance of some sort and it's cutting in half all of the magical damage we're doing to it. So we finally started to figure that out. And then our player starts saying, okay, well, let's just hit it with good old steel. (laughs) We'll we'll just do that. So then we'll just hit it like that. So I like that style of play. I like the idea that we started to learn there was something about it that was affecting things and we had to change our strategies. So for dungeon masters out there to do that, give your players some indication, give them some subtle hints about things aren't quite working so that it does force them to change some of their strategies around based on, you know, the things that they're fighting and the things that are going on. So it's pretty cool. We were trying to figure out with the Hydra, 
when can a hydra's head come back? It, does it have regeneration? How can we stop that regeneration? Sometimes it's like a troll and you can do fire, but not always. Sometimes it's something else that does mm. it, you know, and um, so that was kind of cool. So we did a bunch of that. In fact, our wizard charmed the hydra, used a super high level charm. The hydra rolled to save, but he's one of those um, time warp wizards. So he made the DM re-roll. He says, that's not how I saw that happen. <laughs> so then that's that's the key to say you have to re-roll that 20. And then he fails it the second time. So then we had a charmed Hydra, and the group fought over what we were going to do with a charmed Hydra. Um, spoilers, we murder hoboed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the idea was we got to take it back through the Bullywook village. And, of course, it's going to break free from charm at some point in the oh middle gosh. of the women and children of the Bullywood village. So that seemed like a terrible idea. But the wizard was adamant about, no, we should keep him. No, we D should keep him. <laughs> so so it was really funny. So if you want to watch a session that was pretty good, that last week's session, go pick up that last week's session on Danimal's Twitch channel. I'm sure it's still out there. That was a really fun session from a player standpoint, I don't know how good it is watching it. I don't, I don't, sometimes it's not fun watching other people's play, but other times it is. I've seen some games that I've enjoyed. I feel like that's one of our better, funnier ones that we did that just, it was just really fun to play in that, that whole one sequence. Cool. And I'm excited for what's coming up. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you guys for coming out. Thanks for hanging out and chatting and all, yeah. lots of good chat today. So I really appreciate it. Uh, and it's it's good to see familiar faces every week. Um, we, I I actually have not told Lucian this, but I might be camping next week. So I don't know if we're going to have a show, but uh, okay. we'll, we'll tweet about it. You can always subscribe to uh, the Saturday Morning D&D Show Twitter or Lucian or myself. Um, and we'll always tweet out if there's going to be a guest or or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think I'm going to do some off streaming or I'm going to do some streaming of PC games the rest of this weekend and this week at night when I'm not playing any games. So cool. keep an eye out on the on Twitch, yeah. Twitch channel. Yeah. I'm just going to kick it on and play for a few hours. And I'm going to pick different, try out a few MMOs, try out a few games that I bought like through my Steam library that I haven't played yet or even my Epic library that keeps growing and I haven't games played yet. Cut. There you go. Yes. He's playing it. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D &D Show. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.